quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Can you dig it? Oh, Yes Guy. Welcome to Yes Guy 114. Interesting guest list today coming up very shortly. Former NHL player Doug Smith, who's got a fabulous book out called The Trauma Code. We'll go deep on that. Later on, Brian Mudrick will stop by. TSN play-by-play voice. Dean Romani, our mortgage guy, will check in and give us the state of affairs with the economy. And later on, Yes Guy, No Guy with Frankie C. The category will be broadcasting. Before we get there, if you are an experienced real estate agent, you should add a distinct advantage and comprehensive value. Contact Charles Park, managing broker, REMAX Realty Services Incorporated Brokerage, Offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring, call Charles at 647-292-8886 for a confidential interview or contact him via email charlespark at remax.net. Master your game strategy with Fox 40 coaching boards available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. All right, guest number one, former NHL player. Number two in the 1981 NHL entry draft, Doug Smith. Doug, welcome. How are you today, sir? I'm well, Jim. Thanks for having me. Our, our pleasure. It's been a while for sure. I, I was fascinated. I was on LinkedIn and I saw your one of your postings and I saw the book, The Trauma Code. Um, obviously, your career ended with some severe trauma to your spine. So, I mean, take us through how you how you sort of put this thing together. So, let me start at the beginning. I was the first player in the Ottawa District Hockey Association to uh, go through the hockey program and go to the NHL. So the Nepean Raiders, Ottawa 67s, and then to the LA Kings. Uh, I played 607 professional games, but in my 607th game, I went headfirst into the end boards and shattered the fifth and sixth cervical vertebrae and ended my career instantly. And, you know, when I was lying on the ice, I, I didn't, I tell people I didn't see all the great things that I had done, the goals I had scored, the drafts that I, that I had been successful at. Uh, I, all I could see was the times I had let people down or, 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 or not shown up for people or treated people badly or, or hurt people like you can do in the NHL. Uh, and, and so that, that's what I saw. And so I made a commitment while I was lying on the ice. Uh, I was conscious. Um, my neck was broken in hundreds of places. Uh, that if I got out of this situation, if I survived, uh, I, I would come back and I would do better than I had ever done in the NHL. So that that's the commitment I made uh, on that day. I mean, that, I mean, that's an interesting thought process. You had accomplished so much, and, and yet you were you were concerned about the things that that maybe you didn't live up to your own values or, or your own uh, sort of uh, marching orders on. Is that accurate? Well, yeah, I I felt I needed to go back and apologize for some people uh, to some people and thank some people, you know, like like, and I went back to every team, all five teams that I played for, and and I I searched people out and I apologized to them for things that I had done or not done, and and you know wow. it changed it really changed my life. It got me on a new track, let's say. Well, I mean, that could be, I don't know, like all these years later, how do you look at that? Is that sort of being caught up with, with trying to advance yourself and, and, and not realizing, uh, I don't know if damage is the right word, but things that, that weren't uh, done right for you? Would that be an accurate assessment? Yeah, well, we don't realize what we're doing at the time. Like, I was conditioned to be a, a professional hockey player. And, you know, there were, there were times that I stopped playing it because I loved it and I was just playing it because I was good at it. And that's because you know, of the impact of the game and, 
you know, the, when, when I was, it was the first year of the 18 year old draft. So I, I was told, I don't know, a hundred, 200 times that somebody was going to take me out on my own team, uh, let alone the other teams. Um, you know, but I, you know, it was, it was uh, teach them a lesson more than, you know, encourage them and support them, which the way that's the way it is today. Yeah. You've got major neck injuries. Uh, your, your spine is, is, I mean, th- this is catastrophic and yet um, you learned, you taught yourself how to walk again and, and use your limbs. I mean, that is a, that's a major undertaking to say the very least. It was 13 years to skate again. You know, I mean, everything came back slowly, but it continued to get better. And then when it got better, um, not completely better, but when it got better to the point where people couldn't tell I had any type of mobility disability, that's when I needed to write down what I had done and what the common things were between me making it to the NHL and, and, and recovering after spinal cord injury uh, and doing other things in my life that had been successful. They, they had patterns to them. And so I, 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 I give people that system. It's a simple system. I give it to them. I give them exactly what I did. They, they line it up with the story, the science, and then they get the solution. So they could just go to my website and download the checklist, first of all, and it'll give you a rule book for um, seeing trauma because we can't see one type of trauma. Cumulative emotional trauma, we can't see. Everybody focuses on the physical trauma like you're focusing on right now with a broken neck, but the real ticking right. time bomb is, is the one we can't see, which is cumulative emotional trauma. So I give you the system to be able to see that better, I, to clarify the lens. Okay, so the website, give us the website because the people oh, will be interested right away. Yeah, thetraumacode.com, you'll arrive at me, just thetraumacode.com, right. simple. And then okay. you just download the checklist and check out, you know, the other assets that are there. I, my mission is to give this away. I, I want everybody to have it because it works every single time. Well, and there's no shortage of trauma. I mean, you know, society is full of trauma these days, literally in every aspect of life, isn't it? We, I study the aftermath of 9-11 on a smaller scale than the pandemic, and I don't believe, based on the data, that we'll see the peak of the trauma from the pandemic until about this time next year. Wow. Um, let me ask you this. I mean, there's a lot of uh, moving on, moving forward, getting over things. I don't know if you ever really get over anything, but but uh, do we get caught up with, with uh, pushing forward in, in, as opposed to, uh, you know, sort of going back and reassessing? I mean, you did this. You were on the ice. You actually did this in, in the seconds after your injury. But do you think a lot of people sort of just try to move forward and, and don't have that exercise? Well, th- this is when we fall into disrepair, right? When we put trauma on the shelf and, and it's bothering us, it doesn't go away because tr- here's the thing about trauma. Trauma will always be with you. So every trauma you've ever suffered, and we all suffer from it, but trauma does not have to control you. Because you can't see th- different types of trauma, it's very hard to manage because you can't see them. You can't manage what you can't see, and you can't grow what you can't measure. That's just physics. Um, so this book, The Trauma Code, I mean, as you were writing it, what was that process like? Well, I wrote my first book, Thriving in Transition, in 2008, and it was about change. And I got my story in chronological order, and then John Brooks joined me, um, you know, from the science perspective, and we put together the science, and we put together my story not in chronological order, but in the order that I learned the behaviors to be successful. I was just thinking uh, you know, something you said a couple of minutes ago resonated with me where I was focusing on, on the physical aspect of it. Um, and and I, I think that's the world we live in. We, we focus on, 
you know, well, in terms of see. sports. Yeah, that's right. It highlights and, and who gets the goal. Uh, but there's a whole world that happens before that, and, and we tend to ignore that, don't we? We do, and that's, that's, that's beginning to leak into the society now and corporations through trauma-informed uh, workplaces and people learning more about trauma because the instant you start to learn about trauma and take out the confusion, and that's what I do in my presentations, I take the audience from 15% awareness. Only about 15% of the audience believes they suffer from trauma. But when I'm finished, after, after 45 minutes, 100% of them stand up when I ask them if they suffer from trauma. So, so, so what the problem is, is we just don't understand it. It's, it's confusing, and people who are sociopaths tend to use it as a, as a weapon as opposed to helping people solve it. So you are a motivational speaker. If somebody was listening to this and they wanted to uh, use your services, how would they do that? Oh, just through Doug Smith performance. I had the highlight of my life two weeks ago. Um, I, I, my goal was to get better and do better at a higher level. I had the opportunity to address the leadership of Nestle Corporation, a $327 billion company, 10 times the size of the NHL, and they brought me in to share this story and share my model with, uh, with their leaders, and, and that was a huge honor. Boy, was I nervous, though, Jim. Holy cow, I was nervous. <laughs> How do, people, how do you fight say, off oh, the Doug, nerves? You couldn't be nervous. Yeah, Doug, you couldn't be nervous. You played in the NHL. You did it. Like, I'll tell everybody that's listening right now, the nervousness never goes away. So if you're struggling with it, deal with it. And, and that's but, what I give you. I give you a system to deal with it. But as a hockey player where you're able to slow everything down, I mean, you must be able to, to, to rely on, on some of those skills when you're speaking, right? Um, it's, it's a different world. It's taken a lot of practice and, and, and a lot of discipline to, to become good at it again. And, and I don't pretend to be anywhere near where the best in, in the world are. I, I, I subscribe to them and I watch them and I listen to them and I, and I glean stuff from them. But you must have discovered somewhere along the way, if you are yourself, the sincerity is what really connects with the audience. Yeah. Empathy is, is, is a big part of being trauma informed because we're all uh, going ha- through stuff, right? We're all, we're all going through stuff. That's, that's just the reality. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, as we said earlier, I think a lot of everybody goes through stuff and you, you tend to suppress it to move forward, which is not the right thing to do. No, finding a way out and, and, and learning about tools where you can modify your behavior to feed certain priorities. Here's the thing. The subconscious brain controls 95% of our human functioning. So if you're going to focus on anything from this call today, right now, focus on meeting basic needs. Make sure you have food in your mouth and, 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 and a roof over your head. Clarity of thought is number two. So, so work on your clarity of thought through meditation, mindfulness-based stress reduction. The science is overwhelming. And then helping other people is the third priority. The subconscious brain, your 800-pound gorilla, loves to help other people. And this is what we've been missing. We haven't had a chance to get out and hold the door open for somebody or be at an event and support somebody. We've been missing this helping other people thing. So if you really instill that in your life, what's going to happen is you're going to stabilize and then you're, you're going to accelerate. So uh, as, as you've written the book and as you get out and speak, have you actually, I mean, there's got to be some uh, sort of evolvement um, in what you're doing. Have you been able to, to figure that out? Well, yeah, I was down in Virginia. I think the, it scales or to the building of high-performance work cultures. So 
you know, I'm down in Virginia and Washington working with the uh, reserve component of the transition assistance advisors, you know, which is directly funded by the by the U.S. military. And I've, I've addressed JTF2 several times. I've, I've been brought into the leadership conference for the Canadian Armed Forces. Uh, you know, everybody's interested in this subject right now. Some leaders aren't telling people they're interested. You know, they say, well, I'll, I want your book, but it's for somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, because they, they don't want their people to, to see that they, you know, suffer from trauma themselves or that they're being vulnerable, which which is the exact opposite of where leadership is going today. So so how we treat the individual is leading to organizational performance, right? Belief in self, belief in others, teams, and belief in the organization, culture. You know, I, this is what you're saying is really refreshing. We've gone the other way far too long. This is the answer, isn't it? Well, yes, behavior modification and understanding trauma is where we're going to get the uptake because I show, I, I demonstrate 15% of people understand that they suffer from it, yet 100% do. So, so nobody's really, not very many people are doing anything about it right now, but if they do something about it, we're all going to excel together. Doug, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Jim, it's always a pleasure, man. I just, I, you're awesome. You're you're one of the best. I've, uh, when I think of announcers and sports guys, you're the guy who comes to mind first for me in my life. So thanks very much for reporting on it, man. Uh, that's very kind. Thanks, Doug. Really appreciate it. So the, the book is The Trauma Code by Doug Smith, and you can find it online. A distinct advantage and comprehensive value are important ads for any experienced real estate agent. That's what Charles Park, managing broker, REMAX Realty Services Incorporated Brokerage, has waiting for you, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive mentoring and coaching. Call Charles at 647-292-8886 for a confidential interview or contact him via email charlespark at remax.net. Be prepared on the ice with the Fox 40 Hockey Project. Products like the Fox 40 Call, Fox 40 Super 4 CMG. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Yes Guy, the radio show. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055. Or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. With 32 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Master game strategy with the Fox 40 coaching boards, available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to Fox40Shop.com. And now from the play-by-play booth at TSN headquarters, Brian Mudrick is here. Brian, how are you today, sir? I'm fabulous. What's happening? Good morning from uh, California. It could be worse, right? Yeah, that's right. It, it could be worse. Now, I have to ask you, uh, when I first reached out to you, you your text was, it's always great to hear from the weapon. What does that mean? It just it means you're a weapon. It's the ultimate compliment. It means that uh, you're capable of anything. And actually, I use that with Cheryl Pounder, our dear friend, as well. She's also a weapon. So I don't throw that around lightly. Um, so, yes, you are a weapon. And it's a compliment. Okay. I just, uh, you know, as I read that, I went, wow. I mean, uh, <laughs> geez, I don't remember that kind of animosity when I saw him in the hallway at TSN headquarters. No, you know? no, no, no. It's a compliment. I could bring you some <laughs> customs, too. It'd be great. No, no. It's all good. <laughs> wow. So, so give us, what is the difference between calling curling and calling hockey? Curling is, is a lot more about, um, you know, obviously we're lucky, right, because the athletes are mic'd up. So you got to listen in. 
their strategy, what they're talking about, no one to, to shut up during key parts of the game. Um, and then obviously, you know, have your times to tell your stories about the athletes, their families, you know, competitors, uh, storylines about uh, them and maybe their new teammates or uh, what they're striving to do. And, and hockey is, uh, is obviously fast-paced and it's, you know, um, you, you literally can't, you know, keep your eye off the ice once you're, uh, and it's, uh, and I mean, you know, the great Vic Router does a wonderful job and he basically invented play-by-play curling in Canada, right? And Vic does a wonderful yeah. job of making curling sound so exciting. And in hockey, uh, obviously with a goal or, or a certain part of the, the game, it's about like having six gears, right? Speaking of weapons, you want to save your biggest gear for number six, right? When there's something yeah. exciting in overtime, you don't want to you don't want to waste your waste it on gear three, right? When you yeah. still got you know the third period in OT possibly coming up. So yeah, but they're both a, a dear passions of mine, and and I love them both. Uh, so let's go back to how this started. A Channel in Winnipeg, and then CTV Edmonton. And I know you 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 were with Glenn Sheeler because he admitted as much last week. So you know when you when you started, what was your motivating factor? Oh man, it's actually um, so. I'm actually a cancer survivor, Jim, and I was yes. a pretty good baseball player growing up. Uh, I grew up in a small town, Alberta. Actually, from the same little town as Jay Onright, which is hilarious. Uh, Boyle, Alberta. I was born in Athabasca, where Jay moved when he was in like grade eight. Um, and then my cousin Trevor married Jay's sister, Erin. That's a whole different segment. Anyways, so um, I had to battle cancer um, at Hodgkin's lymphoma when I went to Nate's, and that's uh, a technical school in Edmonton. Um, and I love sports. I grew up in a small town. I love. We grew up during the you know the Oilers heydays. We had Edmonton uh, Elks season tickets, um, love sports, right? Uh, Edmonton Trappers at the time were the feeder team um, for the Twins. So um, I did not have a 95-mile-an-hour left-handed arm, Jim, unfortunately. So, um, you know, I kind of took the broadcast route. And uh, I love the – what I love about broadcasting is the um, – I guess it's just you're kind of there. It's, it's up to you. There's pressure. It's like, as soon as you know, you drop the puck or the, whatever it is, it's like it's go time. And there's just something about that I really love. Um, and, uh, so I went to Lloyd Minster actually was my first TV job. And, and I was the agriculture reporter and the weather specialist. And my oh. line, Jim was no flurries, no worries with a little gun <laughs> and a point. Let's send it back to you. No flurries, no yeah. worries. So that's, so you can use that if you want. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's okay. then, <laughs> my, my, uh, unfortunately my cancer came back, uh, I had a relapse when I was in Lloyd Minster and it wasn't very good times. Uh, I didn't have a, they gave me about a 50-50 chance, um, which is like what the weather guys give you. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, uh, I'm here all these years later. Um, so I got my first sports gig at each channel Winnipeg, where Jay Andre was actually there. And he was doing the Big Breakfast Morning Show. And I was actually the fill-in guy. So I actually worked with Jay in our, I was 21. And Sheeler was uh, an intern out of Thunder Bay. He was uh, only, I think, a year or two younger than me. And he was job shadowing me. So, like, like, what did I teach him how to drink beer and get frosted tips? Um, anyways, there's a photo I can show you sometime. And then, yeah, then it was just, uh, it was cool to go back to CTV Edmonton. Uh, I got to cover, you know, um, you know, one really neat story is when I was really sick, my mom wrote a letter to the Oilers, and I actually got to go in the dressing room. She wrote it out of Glenn Sather, and I, at the time, I met Doug Wade and Ryan Smith, and they weren't very good in those years. And I'll never forget the kindness Ryan Smith showed me. Um, Doug Wade and a bunch of those Oilers. And I got to tell Ryan that story years later at a Hockey Canada event at a U18 championship. And it was really cool. 
um, you know, to have that moment on a team that eventually I get to cover as a reporter. And then I got the call to come to, to TSN and, and the rest, as they say, is history. So, sorry, that was a really long uh, oh, answer. It's okay. No, well, look, the, you, you brought the cancer. I mean, you're, you're very young when you get diagnosed and you're battling through this. I mean, that's uh, – how, how could you possibly describe how you dealt with that? Um, yes, I don't know if there's any words, Jim. You, you, what it does teach you is a lot of humility and perspective, and there's no bad days in my life. Um, we all are human. Yeah, we struggle, and, you know, whether it's mental health or a long grind or you're tired or – something in your family, but there's no bad days, man. I, I, you know, I was asked just even about the travel of this trip and I'm like, are you kidding me, man? I'm calling, I might play for the Habs. I get to call the Briar and the Scotties. Uh, there's worse things in life. Um, and I think the one thing it really did teach me though, especially in the industry that, you know, you and I are in is, is, uh, take nothing for granted. You're not promised tomorrow in a lot of ways and, uh, work your ass off, man, because this is a great opportunity I've been given and I never, ever, Every game for me, you talk about the gears and the weapons, every game for me is a game seven, man, um, because you're just not promised anything. And I, I just absolutely love it. I'm, I feel very blessed, but I work very hard, too. That's extremely well put. My line used to be the loyalty is the paycheck. If it shows up, they're loyal to you. Uh, you know, let, let's talk about, uh, you know, you, you like curling, you do hockey, and, and I, I'm just going to suggest to you that when you're on the air, when you're about to start a broadcast, you might look around, and I'm sure you do, and, and say, Wow, I get to be part of this. That's a great thrill, isn't it? If I could give you, Jim, or anyone out there, I always say, like, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a wealthy man, but uh, I, I'm wealthy in health and family. But if I could give you one gift, I would take my heart and I'd put it in somebody right before I'm about to call a game at the Bell Center with a solo crowd. There is no greater feeling uh, of excitement. People always ask me if I get nervous. I'm like, no, man, I don't get nervous. I'm so... I can't wait. Like, drop the puck. And that energy from that building, that is the greatest office of the National Hockey League. Come at me. But I'm, I'm telling you, the Bell Center, full house, um, it's it's very, very special um, to have that. And, yeah, like I said, I, I don't take it for granted. But that, to me, is uh, I'll still, I think it's my fifth season, and I will still walk when I'm walking down and you go down to the gondola at the Bell Center and you look at, you know, the 24 Stanley Cup banners, the great Hall of Famers over the years. It is. Uh, it's. I, I do not. I do not take it lightly. Uh, you know, obviously, there's there's many miles ahead for you. But but just from what you've done so far, what was your best thrill or biggest thrill? Oh man, there's so many cool ones. Um, you know what? Uh, one that was really cool was the World Championship uh, hockey, the Canada one in Prague in 2015. So before the game, a nice level over the boards of the Crosby. They had that powerhouse team that year. They had Taylor Hall and Sagan and Brent Burns on the back end. Um, they were just stacked. Uh, they had McKinnon, O'Reilly, anyways. And they, they went undefeated. They won the whole thing. They beat Russia in the final. It was uh, Malkin, Ovi, flew over after the playoffs. And um, wonderful. I'm in the room for an hour later. And to see those guys kind of like, you know, kids again celebrating, you know, with that joy and passion in the room is incredible. So they kicked me out of the room eventually. But then, I'm in a room with like three other people. Renee Fussell, Sidney Crosby's there, and he's getting his triple gold club ring. And I'm looking around, I'm like, this is unbelievable. Crosby's still in a skates. It's like an hour later. So if you win a Stanley Cup, Olympic gold medal, and a world championship, you get, you get this ring, right? And so I'm in this room watching Sid get this ring, and it's just like, this is so surreal. And after all that, I hadn't interviewed Sid yet. 
the captain of this team that's, you know, he sit wins this and and he literally and I don't even blame the PR guy. He's like, dude, he's he's been in the skates for an hour and a half and Sid literally goes, Listen, he's been here all month, no problem. What do you need, Brian? And he does the it was like, wow, like just such a classy classy dude. I mean, I could go on and on. Um the Briar and St. John's that uh Rad Gushu won uh, at home, um, his first and that place was electric. It was so cool. Um I know it was in a closet in Toronto, but calling the women's gold medal game in Beijing with Cheryl Pounder, um, that was really exciting for me. And I took a lot of pride in that and not wanting to wanting to do all those women proud with everything that was going on with COVID and them in Beijing and away from their families for three months, some of them with young kids and their spouses, whatever. Uh, I took a lot of pride in that one too. I mean, we don't, we don't got all day, pal, but there's, there's a lot of really cool ones. Those all stand out though, for sure. Brian, really appreciate you you fighting through the time zones to be with us. Thanks very much. And remember, Jim, any time for you, no flurries, no worries. But I hear there's <laughs> flurries, so good luck out there. <laughs> That's not the best tagline I've ever heard, but it's effective. Uh, Thank yes, you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 32 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Well, let's talk about advanced planning, your life, your say, your tribute, and your way. Turner and Porter Funeral Directors. Let's start a conversation. Visit turnerporter.ca. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Yes Guy, the radio show. Master your game strategy with Fox 40 coaching boards available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Go to his website, DeanRomani.com, or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Or listen to him speak now. Dean, how are you today? I'm good, Jim. How are you? Very good. Nice to have you on with us. Let's talk about uh, what everybody's concerned about, interest rates. You know, where, where do you think they're going to track this year? Well, it's a great question. I mean, it's the biggest topic out there right now. Um, uh, my opinion, I, I still think the, the variable rates are going to creep up a little bit. Um, like we've talked about before, I, I, this inflation has not been uh, slowing down as fast as they'd like it to. And, uh, you know, talking to some financial experts, they've been telling me that, you know, in order to combat this, the only way they can do it is to raise rates. So might see another, um, you know, I'm assuming 25 uh, basis point increase uh, at the next um, discussion, and I think that they're, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll play it by year from there. So, you know, might see another one if, if, if things don't change with inflation. Um, but good note is is that it is uh, down a bit. So January's inflation was at 5.9, which is um, better than we were. You know, we were north of six, so it's much better. It's starting to slow down a little bit, but we'll see. But as long as inflation is staying. Uh, going down or getting lower, I, I guess they can hold off on the rate increases. But as as right now, um, I would probably assume to see another one coming up. You know, when we say inflation rate, I mean it's it's a it's a wide, uh, broad stroke term. Uh, but yes. you know, other there are some factors in in the uh, in what we spend that that trigger this more than others. So I mean, how do you sort of quantify that? 
Well, there's demand, de- demand, on, uh, demand cost is one of them. So, for example, if, if there's more demand than there's supply, um, that's yeah. an issue. Um, you know, <laughs> there's also, um, you know, prices, gas and few uh, groceries, which they do take out of the index when they're doing that. But, I mean, gas and groceries are up, um, you know, uh, major over the, over year over year. Yeah. Um, also, wages. Uh, people are asking for more wages, so every the cost to produce items are are higher. These are these are all the things that are taking into effect. So right now we have all three of these problems. We have people who are asking for more wages. The cost to produce items are 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 going up, and the supply is 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 not is not meeting the demand. Although when you look at cars and stuff like that, I think it's getting a little bit better. Um, not as bad as it used to be. I mean, you know, you're waiting six, seven months to just get a common car, and uh, I think it's it's coming down a little bit to, with that now. So, starting to get a little bit better, but we'll see. I think I think this year is going to be a little bit of um, turmoil in the sense of um, unknown waters for the time being, but uh, right. should hopefully the year will tell. I mean, we'll see where we are six months from now, and and could be a huge difference, and things could be looking better, or or it could be definitely looking worse, right? Yeah. Okay. So if I'm out there listening to this and I'm trying to get uh, my, my house in order, my financial house in order, how do I do that to approach you for a mortgage? Well, first of all, yes, definitely call, uh, call. We can give you a pre-approval and we can go over your financial um, situation. I always say we're mortgage brokers, but at the same time, we look at your overall picture. So if we see something that we don't like, when we look at it, we can obviously tell you, Hey, you need to clean this up or clean that up or clean this up. I mean, to make to make you, you know, either a get more money or get you on the right path. Uh, again, we're not financial advisors, but we can look at your whole overall situation, your debt, your debt situation, especially to say, hey, you need to, you know, get this down or, you know, do this or that. This is what the banks are looking for. So, you know, once we can do that and we advise you, you can get into the right situation and there's no surprises. So pre-approval, always pre-approval. Um, talk to your mortgage specialist, your mortgage broker, and get them to ha- give you a, a definite, you know, uh, something on paper saying that you're approved for this amount. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't walk into this market at any time um, not having that in hand, especially with the way that the, the markets are, the rates are, um, and just get them financially educated on, on the process and what the banks are looking for and, and, and to teach them how they are qualified at the banks. Okay, this is you know a, a, a sort of a high stress time. So those that have mortgages and, and coming up for renewal might be a little afraid. What what would you advise them? Well, great question. A lot of people were already stress tested at the benchmark rate of five and a quarter. So even though they're at the two point something mark, um, you know, renewing uh, the mortgage, they they'll know that they've already been they, that they can afford it on paper. Um, but yes, if you're paying, you know, call it two thousand dollars a month. And now all of a sudden you're paying on your renewal. It's going to be $3,000 a month. You have to be prepared to pay for that. Like it's, it's, it's just the reality of what we're in right now. The cost of money is more expensive. So the, the, the good times, the, the free money days, I like to call them, are, are um, over with. But, uh, yeah, you're going to have to financially buckle down and uh, maybe cut out some of those um, extra expenses that you don't need. Okay, so so you ripped off some numbers there, but so can you do it like an average uh, GTA mortgage and, and like what it what it was and what it would be after a renewal? Yeah, so I would say um, just giving you numbers off the top of my head, I would say if a half a million dollar mortgage before it probably cost around 
$2,000 on a 30-year amortization, whereas now it would probably cost um, close to $3,000. So, yeah, it's about a $1,000 difference. Um, so, yeah, it, it is a lot. Um, and consider the key word that you said there was GTA. So most mortgages yeah. in the GTA aren't, aren't half a million. They're, they're, they're higher. Um, quite honest with you, I don't remember the last time I did a half a million dollar mortgage in the GTA. They're usually what, what about eight? Closer, yeah, eight, nine. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's eight or 900,000. And then, you know what, when you're getting over the million dollar purchase price, uh, you have to put your 20% down and it's getting, um, yeah, they're getting high. People were, you know, when the market was really hot, the prices were really, really high. And, mm. you know, I always say this too, like Toronto is Toronto. So um, has it been hit as hard as some other cities? I don't know. I mean, that's the great question for a realtor. But I would say that uh, the the um, downward pressure on prices is very area specific, right? So GTA, I, I would still say it's still holding high. And I'm still seeing from, from some of the, the mortgages I'm doing, multiple offers out there. That, that's, yeah. that's hard to figure, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is because, you know what, I have uh, some realtors who have, taking their clients on 10 different houses in this market and lost on all 10. So it's, oh. it's been, it's been a crazy, that it's so hard to explain. Like even people are saying now, I've been seeing some stuff on the, on the internet saying that house prices are uh, going up. Multiple offers are going up. Like I think every time there's calm after the storm, people forget what the storm was like and yeah. things start to kind of reset. Um, and you get used to it. You get used to it. You know, if you have to pay an extra $500 a month, uh, yeah, it's a shock at first. But after a while, you get used to it. And then all of a sudden, it becomes normal again. And people forget. And, you know, and they people find that money. Canada is pretty good in the sense that people will most likely always pay their mortgage. If that's one debt they have, they usually always pay their mortgage. What would the option be? The option would be, I mean, you're not going to walk away. You'd have to sell, right? Yeah, you'd have to sell. I mean, we do have recourse here, so they can sue. So, yeah, you'd have to sell. Um, but, yeah, I mean, having to sell and being able to sell are two different things as well, right? Because yeah. people know that you're in a little bit of a financial crunch. People aren't going to offer you what's, what your house is worth or, you know, maybe your mortgage. Now, whatever they're offering you is less than what your mortgage is. So now you're underwater. So it, it, it's difficult, right? Having to sell and, and selling for the price that you need are, are two different ball games. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when we get into these situations, people like to uh, predict the future with the past. And the past would be the crash of 2008, uh, much more severe in the States than it was here because of different yeah. rules. But that's not going to happen, is it? No. So I would say, okay, again, I think people are uh, – I've had this conversation with so many people, and they say the same thing. Well, what about 2008, 2009? 2008 and 2009 was a financial crisis, okay? It wasn't an inflation crisis. Two different crises is going on right now, okay? That's, uh, yeah. you know, comparing apples to oranges. So we haven't been in this. Most mortgage holders right now that have a mortgage have not been in this situation. And um, it's just higher rates. Listen, very simple. They're going to raise rates until inflation comes down. Problem is right. everyone was used to a 2% inflation rate. Is that going to be the norm going forward? Probably not. We're probably looking at it at a 3 I mean, people are saying, oh, 3 is going to be normal. Talk to, again, I've talked to some financial experts who say four will be the new norm. So, I mean, the, the days of those, you know, 1.99 five-year fixed rates, probably gone, probably won't see them again ever. Um, but, you know, never say never. We don't know what's going to happen. But there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, 
it's just two two different two different uh, conversations. Like they're not in the same they're not in the same categories. Those two situations. Okay, let's lighten it up. You are a hockey coach. Tell us about that. Yes, so I'm a hockey coach. I coach uh, a team, a uh, rep team, under 12, uh, single A uh, Richmond Hill Stars. Um, first year with them, and is the first year team. So we've had a growing pains this year, I like to call it. But uh, nevertheless, it's been a fun year. Um, fantastic time with the kids. The kids are a bunch of great kids that we coach, and uh, you know they come to the rink every day excited to play. And uh, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's a new challenge. It's a uh, been coaching for years, but uh, first year back in rep in, in over you know ten years, fifteen years almost. So, uh, forgot what it was like. Um, but I love seeing the kids getting better every game and competing and wanting to win and you know the camaraderie with the kids. So something I love to do, giving back to the hockey community. I just I do anything for. I love hockey. It's taught me so much in my life, and I just want to give back to the community. And I know you're a Leafs fan. Do you think they can do it? <laughs> I think that's the toughest question you've asked all day. <laughs> I'm a yeah. believer. I've been a believer since 1979, since the day I was born. I Listen, I say it every year. I, I, I love the team. I think they're great. Um, but let's face it. To get through the first like, – Jim, you know better than I. Who are they going to play in the first round? Probably Tampa? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's tough. I mean, it's, it's – I like the seedings because it gives you some – um, I guess surprises who can make it through and it gives everybody a chance, but I also hate them because I mean, you play the regular season to get the easier rounds in the playoffs. Right. And um, yeah. <laughs> doesn't seem, it doesn't seem to be that way that with the, with the NHL. So yeah, I think they can do it. I think the changes have been great. And um, I think it needed to be done. I think for Dubas's sake, it needed to be done. So yeah. yeah, I do think they have a better chance now than they did three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Dean, Dean yeah, thanks very much. Okay, yeah. thank you. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Go to DeanRomani.com or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Let's talk about advanced planning, your life, your say, your tribute, and all your way. Turner and Porter Funeral Directors, let's start a conversation. Visit turnerporter.ca. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes, guy. No guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the officially sanctioned Yes Guy, No Guy segment on Yes Guy, the radio show. And the category is broadcasting. And who better to do that than Frankie Corrado? Frankie C, all set to go. Yes, guy. Okay, Yes Guy, No Guy number one. Broadcasting harder than you thought. Yes, guy. Definitely harder than I thought. And I think people, when they sit at home and watch these games, have a perception that it's just so easy to go on the screen and talk about things and make it sound smooth. But there's so much work that goes into it. It's actually, if you're doing a panel, the more work goes into it during the period, thinking about what kind of clips you're going to pull and how you're going to explain it to the viewer. So definitely harder than I thought, Jimmy. Jimmy, yes guy, no guy. You would put on makeup before going on television. Oh, well, I wouldn't, but somebody would put it on for me. Yes, guy, that was I did that for for a number of decades. Uh, yes, guy, uh, and uh, not m- the most enjoyable thing you're going to do, especially if you're working mornings. But nonetheless, yes, guy, to that. Um, yes, guy, no guy. Um, there is actually more, much more intensity to this than you ever could have believed. Yes, guy. It's not just sitting there having a chat with your buddies, although at times it may seem that way. Um, yeah. You know, you do 
you do a radio show, let's say you do overdrive, right? You sit there for three hours. You're pretty drained after that three hours. Um, and yeah. the same goes for any kind of panel work, whether it's doing sports center hits, like it takes a lot out of you. So um, I, I would definitely agree. Yes, guy, Jimmy, you're a well-dressed man. And I've often wondered, yes, guy, no guy. You've had a personal stylist in the past. No guy, never. Always selected my own stuff. Uh, wow, handcrafted selection by the tat man? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, totally authentic in every sense of the word, guy. <laughs> Very impressed. <laughs> okay, here's a tough one. Um, yes guy, no guy. Tat man is your favorite host. Yes guy. Are you kidding me? Come on. I can't... Uh, <laughs> I can't go against the tat man. And so the first person I ever hosted a show with was, do you know the answer to this? It was me, wasn't it? No. Al's brother was the first person I hosted a show with. I hosted Leafs Lunch with him. And then shortly afterwards, I was approached to do some Leaf games with the tat man. And it was funny at the time because when Stephanie Apolito, our boss, said, you know, I'm going to have you doing some stuff with Jim Taddy. I said, whoa, 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 that's the tat man. I know who that is. <laughs> she, she actually gave me the name. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a Stephanie. Yeah. But thing. I made sure, yeah. I made sure yeah. at, the, at the beginning I called you Mr. Taddy. I showed my respect, and now we're yeah. on a uh, nickname kind of basis here. Speaking of your handcrafted collection, yes guy, no guy, you still have suits from the sports line days. Absolutely. Well, not suits, sports jackets. I have two of them. And, uh, you know, people will say, why do you have them? And I said, because they still fit. You know, <laughs> that's kind of important, right? Allegedly. You know, the, Allegedly. Well, no, they still fit. They, you know, they're, they're, and they were uh, two-button. So we had a lot of three-button back in the day, but they faded out. So these were the, these uh, two sports jackets I have, one which O-Dog ran over on the air one day. Uh, they are, let me just do some quick math here, 16, 17 years old, and they look mint. As, as so I are do, you of saying- course. Are you saying that O-Dog was the fashion police on air and critiqued one of your jackets? Oh, he ran all over it, and Craig J. Button was on, and he just he, he pounced as well. And I'm going, you know, I, I get home, and people are saying, what's the matter with the jacket? I, it looks good. I said, yeah, we'll tell those two. <laughs> Did, I don't know if you've heard this. I know we're getting off topic, but uh, the O-Dog said that pocket squares are out. They're out of style. I actually asked Craig Button about that, and he told me not to take fashion advice from the O-Dog. So I, I don't know where I'm at with that. I'm somewhere in the middle right now. I, I could just hear the delivery. Yeah. <laughs> Craig J. Button saying that. All right. Yeah. Uh, you ready for this? You yes. have already figured out there is no Stanley Cup in broadcasting. Ooh. I, I guess I'm going to say yes, guy. Like, unless you're Duffy or Jay Onright and you get those screen awards. But you and I, we do a lot of radio, guy. I, I don't think there's any, any Stanley Cups for us. I think we just we go out there, we try and put a good product on the air, and um, you know we get some people tweeting at us from time to time. But I think you're right there, Jimmy. I think you're on to something, pal. All right, Jimmy. Yes, guy, no guy. The term yes, guy caught on right away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this goes back to, um, I got to tell, I got time for a quick story. When I hired Ralphie at, at Sportsline, uh, he phoned me up one day. Or, well, he's in my office, actually, and he, I was being swamped, and he said something. I just said, yes, guy. And, and two hours later, he phoned back and said, everything okay, Jimmer? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you said yes, guy. I said, ah, come on. <laughs> I, was getting, I was getting killed here. I just I had to create some space for myself. So yes, guy is like, a, you know, it has been around for a long, long time. 
I know it has. I just didn't know if it was one of those things you really had to try and work it into the rotation or it just kind of grew organically. And, you know, kind of like your handcrafted suits where it just kind of everything just fit right away and it was it was all smooth sailing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, it's a spur of the moment and all off the cuff. So that means that we're all done. And let's go out on the, the obligatory yes guy on the count of three. One, two, three. Yes, yes guy. Yes guy.